everybody. Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March and I'm here with Ms. Elizabeth Reese this morning. The summer girl's back because it's summer. Summer. I was driving home last night from this very station and I was like thinking it has just popped. It has become summer overnight. If we skipped spring, I mean, fine. Whatevs. Spring is overrated anyway. Nothing really that great ever happens in a Minnesota spring. No. We hit right to summer and it's just been lovely. It's like... Patio packed season. It yes. is get out the grill, do everything outside, and just stay up late. You yeah. get to fit in more meals because, you know, the sun doesn't go down till 10 p.m. So that <laughs> means you should really eat like four times. It is so true. You it is it is fourth meal is is definitely a full on thing. I literally think like happy hour has a whole new thing for me too, because it's like happy hour is around five, you know, five o'clock or so. Yeah. And then it's like, that's a good meal because I can eat at nine or 10 still. <laughs> like I'm still thinking like in those, in those ways. It's just a happy season because yeah. everything is starting to be in bloom and you can start to harvest things. Did you like, have you met your neighbors again? Because like I, it's like, oh, I haven't seen you for three months. I know. And all of a sudden we're all outside and chatting. And, you know what you I know. finally did this time? I moved um, in October and I kept a note in my phone with every single time we met one of our new neighbors, their names and which house they live in. Oh, good. Because I found myself at my last house eight years in, and I was like, shoot, dude, I met those people the first summer, and I cannot remember and I their cannot names. I cannot remember their names. And then it's like so awkward to I ask. Know, be like, um, what's your name again? Yeah. I live right next door to you. I know. No, when I moved into my little house, I made sure to like, well, and all my neighbors are retired. So they all, well, not all of them, but they, you know, they would come over, and I was like, you know, knew that I was going to, they were going to be around is what I'm saying. <laughs> so I was like, right away, wrote a note, like, here's my phone number. If anything happens, yes. you know, and then they gave me theirs and I was like, this is good. And George and I text all the time across the street, you know, and he just tells me things. He's like, did you get any water in the basement? I'm like, I did. How was yours? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's fun too. This time of year is when you start to smell what other people are cooking. Yes. And so like, if you're pulling into your driveway and you can smell that somebody else has the grill on, yeah. I mean, there are calls being made being like, stop and pick up buns. Yes. We're doing burgers tonight yes. too. It's like the whole neighborhood uh-huh. gets impacted by what everybody else is cooking God, up. That is so good. In fact, that is like, there's literally something about smelling like, like the fresh cut lawn, you know, it's dusk and there's someone they've someone has just mowed because they're getting it in for the day. And then someone else has got the grill going and there's that that waft of smoke going on. And you can hear like kids on bikes, you know, running around the neighborhood. And you're like, oh, that's summer. summer. It's yeah. summer. It smells good. It sounds good. Oh tastes good. The whole deal. I know. So are you OK? Let's let's just start with a little garden update. Let's do it. Let's just get on. I have that. no garden. You have no garden. That's yeah, your update. That's my update. So this so we moved in October and our last house had quite the gardening heritage. Yeah. So um, I gardened almost every year that I lived there. And when I moved, um, we don't have any raised beds. We don't have anything. And we are smack dab in the middle of a massive kitchen remodel. Like, not just like, let's throw up some new cabinets. Like, let's tear down some walls and bring in a steel beam to hold this bad boy up. (laughs) So we're in week four now. Um, Well, no, now we're into week five of the remodel. And so I've been really, um, I've been observing the sun okay. because what I'm trying to do is figure out the right placement for raised beds. I am a big believer in raised beds. I just think they're so much easier. I think they look great in your yard. Mm-hmm. And then my husband figured out how to build them and it's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, the, the expense comes from filling that thing up with soil. Yeah. And that's a bummer, but you do it once and then you add compost throughout the year. Throughout so the you year just have to kind of yeah. figure it out. Um, so I, 
this is the first time in a while that I don't have anything growing. And so I think my strategy this weekend is to just get a bunch of things in pots because I just still, I'm not really cooking very much yeah, because I'm, because you don't I have, have a, a porch kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I just am going to get like a bunch of herbs going and I think some lettuces in some pots and things like that. And then as I figure out where the garden is going to be and you know, some of that's a little bit liberating because I do miss farmer's market shopping yeah. because I garden because right. it's like, I don't need to go to the farmer's market and buy kale. Right. I've got a ton of kale. Right. So this summer will be sort of fun to get back into the swing of that. Well, and kind of also to give you a little bit of a perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is going to have to change. Like you have to change things and maybe different, you know, things you want to grow. And there is something nice about like sort of stopping and starting again. I think so too. Yeah. I definitely have all of my herbs in pots on the driveway. Great. You know, like right next to, so I can leave my kitchen and run back up. I think that's really great advice for anybody who's thinking about gardening. Even mm-hmm. if you do herbs in your garden, do an additional yes. batch right by your house. When I started doing that in our old house and started doing pots right by the deck or right by the deck door. Mm-hmm. And I just did like big pots and then plopped a bunch of herbs in them I use them so, so much more. Much it's shocking more. how lazy we are that I couldn't walk. I mean, listen, I had a small <laughs> South Minneapolis yard. I had 0.13 That's of an acre true. at my old house. And I it was like probably 20 steps to get to the garden. And I was like, oh, I can't go there for parsley. We are like, I gotta, I just, but part of it too is like, I'm in the middle of cooking something and I forget. So I'm yes. like, oh, I need basil stat. And I, it's like, I'm not, for me, it's like, it's a run down the hill. I if know. I had to, and like unlatch the garden thing and then do the whole, I mean, like, that would be a lot. Yes. I do have a child who I do make go on the chive runs, though. For sure. And I'm like, so I'm like, hey, I need a handful of chives. And so he goes, he knows exactly. He's like, and he rotates now around the house, like which chive plants he's going to pick from so that he doesn't like decimate anything, you know? Oh, that's really and then, sweet. And then he's like, and it's always the question is, how much? How much? And I'm like, fistful or palmful or, you know, those kind of things. Like, I can't say like, or I say like seven chives. Seven chives. You know, the funny thing about... <laughs> The herbs, too. I do think that we tend to be so stingy with how we're using them. And I've been really inspired lately with um, uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. You yeah. know, when she talked about using herbs as vegetables. Yes. And I've been learning more and more about this from other cooks that we've been having on Twin Cities Live who cook from different countries who say, like, this whole idea of just using herbs as a garnish is just crazy that herbs should be used as a vegetable and yeah. like in a lot of other countries that's how they think of herbs yeah. and so i i just would say whenever you're making something with herbs just challenge yourself to go i'm going to use three times the amount three that i times. thought i was going to use yeah just go like just go nutty I was maybe going to do a little sprinkle yeah. i'm going to do a full fistful yes i always over herb i think that's a thing where i kind of but that's flavor yeah, you get more it's because of that. you have and then you have much more flavor yeah. in your food which makes sense because you're so well-versed in restaurant food. Yeah, and it's, is you kind of, it is funny when you see people sprinkle like a little bit on there and you're like, what are you doing? I kind of feel like, what are you doing? <laughs> Put a whole bunch of that in there. Shower it. Shower that baby. If you have the basil, and you probably have a, enough basil at this point, I you know, know. I know. It's like, let's get it on. I used to do that too, where I just felt like I had to conserve it. And then I'm like, but you know, the more you pick it, the more it keeps growing. I yeah. mean, you got to just like, you've got to trim it. I know my going. cilantro was weak and I just chopped it all back and it's now it's like a bush again. You know what I mean? And cilantro is one of those things too. Boy, where it's a tricky devil. It is so tricky because it's so hard you it's, it's delicate. And, and 
now that you way. have no idea what I've done in years to yeah, make it great. I know. And what I've done in years to make it not great, Steph. It will be like, I have no idea. I know. I think I've, so right now I I bought it and it was already kind of, I bought a seedling, you know, and so yeah. it was already kind of the flush. And I remember thinking I have to cut like some of it off and I didn't and I got to it and it was already kind of yellowed on the sides. And so I pulled off all the little yellowed branches, you right. know, and I cut those down and then I snipped halfway down those. And now I've got a huge bush again. That's good. So that was good. But again, some of those things like you wonder, you're like with arugula too. Sometimes I always feel like, am I cutting at the right time? Am I, should I not cut yet? Should I wait? And then I want the, sometimes I do want the flowers Mm because those are delicious. Yes. So then I'm like, well, this batch, I'm going to let it go because then you got to let it go to flower. Once it starts flowering, it it gets bad fast. It turns into a different flower. But the other thing about a lot of herbs too is, I mean, don't be afraid to use the stems, using the cilantro stems, using the parsley stems. If you're going to chop it, chop it all. Like it doesn't have to just be the leaf. You know what I mean? No. Unless you're doing like a flat leaf basil that you're eating fully. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, it can get a little bit weird, but. That's just saying. All the herbs. The herbs are the gateway, man. You get the herbs going and you start using them and then you'll just really want to start growing and other pots. things. I mean, pots are amazing because you can have. And here's the thing is like I get I have three kinds of thyme yeah. right now. Like I don't. It's not like I go, OK, I'm going to have time. I have time, lemon time and English time. Mm-hmm. And because they all have different properties and I the lemon time is like my favorite summer herb. I know. I've I grown lime time before, oh, too. I haven't grown the lime. It's time. really fun. They have it at um, Mother Earth Gardens. They've had yeah. it in the past, which is um, where I go in in Minneapolis. But that's the other thing about growing things is people always ask, like, well, what's the best thing to grow? What things should I grow? And I always say and I'm certainly not a master gardener, but I am a person who really loves to garden. I I think when you're choosing the plants, try to find things that you can't get other places. Yes. Because that's what makes it so much more fun. So mm-hmm. try to look for like a tomato variety that you wouldn't be able to find somewhere else. You know, yeah. like you're going and you're not really going to find at the grocery store like purple tomatoes. Right, right. So maybe grow some of those or some of those really fun zebra tomatoes, which yeah. are so easy and really hold up great. And they are like fantastically delicious. It's have, hard to find something that looks perfect yeah. and tastes perfect. And that's how the zebra tomatoes are. I've had bad luck with them, but that's, I think that really? is, I mean, just in terms of getting any fruit from it. Wow. Yeah, I know I've had, and it was always, and maybe they weren't zebra. They were called Mr. Stripey's, you know? And I think those were this, I think maybe that was that varietal or maybe of that year. I don't know. I got zero I had flowers and then nothing happened. Jeez. And I was like, I don't know what I did. Man, I, I know. know. That's the mystery of gardening. That's what makes it so exciting and addictive is that you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. And you have to wait. Oh, I know. We love that. Mm. All right. You guys, we have a good show today. We are a great show today because we are just here having fun. And we're going to talk a lot about cooking today because you and I both cook at home a lot. A lot. I'm building the cook's kitchen, girl. And I cannot wait to hear about the kitchen. So we are going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about burgers. We're going to talk about cooking in the heat because already I do not want to turn my oven on. Truth. Which is convenient because I don't have one. I know. So that's what's going to work out. I love this. Okay, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish and we're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese this morning. Good morning. Such a fun day. I know, and it's gorgeous. Here's my weather report. Ugh, gorge. It's just gorgeous. That's it, just gorgeous. I know. It's as perfect as perfect can be. I mean, I am sort of astounded at like, you know, because remember like a couple, I feel like a week or so ago we got that 
that ominous report that it was going to be like Seattle here all summer. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, I'm going to give you these stretch of 80s. Sunny and 80, clear. Like, I haven't put the top on my car in a week. Oh, that's so <laughs> fun. I've been seeing everybody out with their convertibles. Yeah. My four-year-old, mama, convertible, convertible. Do you think we could ride in a convertible? So <gasps> anyway, I got to find somebody who will give my daughter a ride in a convertible. Will she, if I take the doors off the Jeep, will she ride in it with 100%. Them? I'll okay. put that car seat right in there. Okay. Attach that bad boy by last. Let's, let's think that's my summer. We got that. We got that in. She would love. She would love because then like, the, it's so cool to have oh, like nothing. She would think you. that's like the wildest experience ever. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I my doors are in my garage basically <laughs> most of the week. So there's that. Um, okay. So I was so excited that you were coming on the show today because you and I both have you know sort of an idea of like why we cook and how you know not just to kind of feed ourselves but feeds the soul girl it feeds the soul and mm-hmm. there was this really interesting article that went up on MarthaStewart.com. And I'm gonna. We're gonna share it up on the Facebook. Hope if you want to put that on the Facebook page, um, and it's the emotional benefits of cooking, and it really is talks about. And it's. It, I guess it was in Southern Living first, and it's talking about how logging time in the kitchen is so good for your well being that some therapists are recommending cooking classes to treat depression and anxiety. Wow. So if you think about what's going on in our world today, right, and how I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I think I don't even have to say, like, I think depression and anxiety are rising. I think that's a stated fact. And I think everybody sees it mm-hmm. as as sort of a, a new epidemic, if you will. Right. And I hate to use the epidemic thing because it it sort of puts a hype and a panic behind things. But maybe that's necessary for this. It It, it is certainly. Um, I mean, I think it's a crisis because I think what happens is I don't think you're understating it at all, because I think what happens is when we have a lot of people who are dealing with depression and anxiety, you have such a higher likelihood of them self-medicating yeah. and with substances that aren't good. Yeah. And then you lead to all sorts of other problems. So you're totally right. I mean, if there are ways to handle depression and anxiety and get, you know, and, and those things are happen at different points in life too. It's just like you can catch a cold. Right. You could have a bout with anxiety. Right. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not like because you say, oh, I dealt with anxiety. You're automatically labeled as like, I'm a permanently anxious you're, person. You're, you're mentally ill. Right. You know, which is, again, we're trying to change stigmas and stuff. But you're right. I think people think, oh, now I'm a person who is has depression. No. And you're like, you know, it's kind of not the same. Right. It's it's a thing of it's a mental illness just like a body illness but that it can be kind of moved on from right and so what this is interesting there was one study found that um and this is i love this well this the way they set it up was like well any southern grandma would probably scoff at the need for a study on the idea that cooking is therapy (laughs) because retreating to the kitchen to whip up fried chicken collards and cornbread is good for the soul one study found that baking classes boosted confidence and increased concentration so it's more than just like Shutting the world out and producing food. It's about concentration. It's about execution in in a smaller space that gives you that confidence. Well, like, and when you think about it, it's all that's all just a manifestation of the effort that we're putting into being present. Yeah. And when you're cooking, you have to be present or you screw it up. Yeah. I mean, that's just I mean, when do you when do you mess things up in the kitchen? It's yeah. when you're not paying attention. When you're when you're looking through your Instagram or something and something burns. Or yes. when Yeah, that is so true. Or you're trying to do multiple things. You're running to like put in a load of laundry or something like that. Yeah. It's it's such a study. It's a moving meditation, really. Yeah. I think it is. And um, it was my biggest fear about starting my kitchen remodel was realizing that I'm not going to really be able to cook. And I thought, what is that going to do to my mental state? Right. I mean, I honestly thought that because so much of, 
I mean, the beginning and the end of my day is bookended by cooking. Yeah. And when I don't do those things, I feel a little lost. Or when it's a real, when it's difficult, I feel a little lost. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, and I love, this is an idea. This study, uh, there, there's another study that revealed a little creativity and creation in the kitchen can make people happier. Um, in the Journal of Positive Psychology suggests that people who frequently take on small creative projects like baking or cooking report feeling more relaxed and happier in their everyday lives. They followed 658 people for about two weeks and found that small everyday projects in the kitchen made people feel more enthusiastic about their pursuits the next day. That's really great. And that's what kind of, you know, yeah. it's like that idea of like being there and intending and then it kind of informs your next movement. And then once you're... I think the key with cooking is really becoming confident. I mean, it's such a confidence game and I get it when people say, Oh, I'm a bad cook. But when you say I'm a bad cook. Yeah. I mean, as woo woo as this sounds, I mean, you're telling yourself and the universe that you're a bad cook. I know. And so then what are you? You're a, a bad cook. I mean, we become our thoughts. And so I think some of it is just finding, okay, what's one thing that I want to learn to cook well Figuring out how to do that. And when I started cooking, it was all about soup. Soup was soup (laughs) was the start for me. Yes. Because I started to feel confident when I could make a soup, which are soups are so forgiving. Yes. That once I made a soup that was great, then I was like, oh wait, I have the freedom to maybe make a different soup or alter this one or do that. And then you get that confidence going and you kind of just get like addicted to the confidence boost. That's what they're saying. It soothes stress. It builds self-esteem and curbs negative thinking by focusing the mind on following a recipe. You are like, you, you could have written this study. I'm telling the study you are and I didn't re- even read it. You're writing the story and they're talking <laughs> about it. They're saying psychologists believe cooking and baking are therapeutic because they fit in the behavior, behavioral activation, which is activities that alleviate depression by increasing goal-oriented behavior and curbing procrastination. Totally. Get out of the rut. You can't, I, you can't say I'm going to mix in the eggs later. Yeah. <laughs> the eggs must go in now. But the thing is, it's also not, it's not an anxiety thing of like, I, I would say that I, the soup thing for me, that was about, I, that was where I learned to build. Yeah. I learned that I didn't have to have a recipe. Mm-hmm. I learned that I could build a recipe based on what I liked and what I wanted. And I didn't, I couldn't get it wrong. Like there was, I could, I could mess it up, but I couldn't really get it wrong. Right. You know what I mean? And that's a difference. I think that that's when, because a lot of people say they love our show, but they, they always want a recipe. Like that's why I started the Instagram, what to cook for when, because I'll put my recipes there for you. Because when I talk about things and people go, what's the recipe? I'm like, didn't you hear? I just threw some stuff in and then I put the thing on the thing and then we stirred it around, but I get it, but it has to, you have to get there. You have to get to a place where you can, and I think it's small. Like you start with a recipe and you win and then you kind of, my point is like you have to keep doing it. You're totally right. And you know, we have um, on Twin Cities Live, uh, gosh, really regularly, we have Mary Jane Miller and Mary Jane Miller comes on the show. She is such a fabulous cook. She's so good, but she's a recipe developer. And so what I really love about what we do with her on the show is we do this segment called Taste the Trend and we find these like viral you know, videos of whatever cooking thing and she makes them and then she tells us that they're garbage (laughs) and then she makes her own version because, and she says really, I mean, she's really bold about it, which she says, she says it drives me crazy when you see all of these just like badly written viral recipes that people buy the ingredients <clears throat> for, take yep. the time to make, and then they don't turn out. And she said, and then they think they they're think a bad cook. They, mess, they think they're a fail. You're not a bad cook. Right. 
that's a bad this recipe. Is a great point. And so she, you know, the accessibility of food and recipes is great. That being said, if you're learning and you maybe don't know, like to make these judgment calls when you're doing a recipe, if you're feeling like that doesn't sound right, you should start with recipes that are really well tested, like yes. actually buy yes. cookbooks, yep. like an old school cookbooks, not yes. like some celebrity chef's 15th cookbook. Please don't do that. Yeah. Buy like their original book or the original Joy of Cooking and things like that and use recipes that are really well tested because that's how you build that confidence. Yes, I totally agree. And and I think like you, yeah, don't go chasing after the fame. Actually, go buy the Joy of Cooking. Mm-hmm. Please go buy the Joy of Cooking. If I would give, if anybody ever asks, and we've said it before on this show, but if you're a new listener, you know that that's the number one cookbook we give. To people who are just starting to cook. Food 52 has beautiful leather bound versions. Oh, I God, die really? with like gold <gasps> embossed title on it. Stuff. Oh, I man. mean, cry. And if you want a s- online source, that is a great place. My, the only place I have a paid subscription to you guys is the New York times. Oh, and that's because I know that they are, they are rapid in their testing. Yeah. They are, they have put the money and the time and the resources behind it. And I mean, I am subscribed to food and wine and, you know, the magazines, but as an online source, yeah. the, the New York Times, you have to pay to get all the recipes. That's the one I do. Cooks Illustrated is another good one. This is true. The last thing I want you to understand is something about creativity, because I think that what's happening in this world is that we've become a lot of people who are watching. Um, and we, we like to document, but that's not creativity. Mm-hmm. I think with Instagram, I, there is a little bit of creativity with that. You can get creative with that. But with a lot of things, we're kind of watching other people and our kids are watching people play video games and not just playing them themselves. And there's a weird spectating thing that I think we're losing that sense of doing, making and being as part of it. And so that creativity is, uh, you know, there's a growing there's one of the things they say, there's a growing recognition in psychology research that creativity is associated with emotional functioning. And so I want you to think about it in terms of even if you make something that's creating something, that's a beginning to your health, to something that makes you feel good. I love it. Yeah. So go out. Couldn't have ever said it better myself. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about making hamburgers at home. Girl, yes, yes. Because I want you to know that you can make good burgers at home. I may never be going out again. No, don't say that. (gasps) Okay, we'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, hi. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We're chatting on the outside of things and it's just there's so much to say. So much to say. So much to say. So welcome back. Steph March, Elizabeth Reese, My Talk 1071, Weekly Dish, all the good things. Hey, so here's the thing about burgers. Let's talk about them. Because I think what we said before when we talked at the opening of the show about how um how you smell the stuff in the neighborhood and it's like summer and you immediately think i need to grill i need to grill i don't ever grill burgers anymore because i feel like well everybody i can get a better burger at a at a restaurant than what i can do here you're so right i don't grill burgers either yeah I don't even. I grill tons of sausage. Yeah, chicken. But, I mean, grill. Fish. I grills are great. Yeah, I just don't think grills are great for burgers. No, I, think I don't when think they you are either. A burger on a grill, you wreck it. I kind of do too. So, um, we're cooking in our porch kitchen because we're in the middle of a kitchen remodel. So, yeah. Jay, my husband, bought this propane flat top griddle essentially. Oh. So, if you plug in more than one. Um, small appliance in my porch kitchen, you blow fuses. So we can't do that. And so Jay had wanted this because some friends of ours had it at a cabin and made like amazing breakfast on it. And our friend had, our friend Matt had 
bacon going, eggs going, all on this on big this flat giant top flat top griddle that is yeah. outside, and then it's powered by propane, and it's so great. So oh, for I a couple of that. years, he's wanted this, and so he finally, when we we're doing the remodel, he said, "I'm going to get this, and I think this is what we'll use." Mainly when we're cooking in the porch kitchen. So I've been making everything on it. But he also then got obsessed with smash burgers. Yes. And we generally, when we make burgers at home, we do them on a cast iron skillet in the kitchen. Now, that's like, by the way, a flat top griddle, like 250 bucks. 250 bucks. I think his was 200 at Menards. Yeah, that's great. It's really reasonable. Yeah, I just was like, what if I did that? Okay, go ahead. Yes, and it's not it's not going to break the bank. It's not like a fifteen hundred dollars. No, grill. that's I was literally like, how much did you spend two thousand dollars? We did not spend two thousand dollars. <laughs> Although I may be spending two thousand dollars on a pizza oven soon. That's uh, uh, marinating in my mind right now, and I'm obsessing. But it's a good idea. That's by the way. where we're at right now. Just to know. So, um, so Jay found this recipe from um, Bon Appetit. It was kind of interesting because they partnered with mushrooms, uh-huh. the people like mushroom growers oh. to create this recipe. But Jay thought it was so brilliant because we love mushrooms on burgers. Yeah. But when you do these smash burgers, you chop up mushrooms really finely and mix them in with the meat. That's part of the James Beard thing. Look the, at that. So the James Beard Foundation does this blended burger project. Yes. And they and they and book club in South Minneapolis has a good one that they're doing now. But there's a couple of restaurants around the city that are doing this project where you blend it in to your burger meat. So you're using less beef. It's brilliant. Yeah. So he did this with mushrooms and then he ended up doing some really finely chopped onion in there, too. Yeah. In with the meat. And then he formed just little balls of meat, yep. you know, and they're not giant because we did double patties. Yes. Yes. Always. <laughs> Put them right on the flat top or you could use, you know, whatever griddle you have, you could use um, and then you could also use like your griddle thing on your range if you have that kind of fancy range Mm -hmm. or if you have a a big cast iron skillet works great for this too. So then you take a spatula after the round ball goes right in the pan, you take the spatula and you smash it down on Mm -hmm. the top and a metal spatula is kind of key for this, but those are like six bucks. Yeah. And Jay used... An, uh, an empty avocado oil bottle to yeah. press down on the top of it so that it would actually really flatten out. Yeah. And then you get that like parlor Ooh, burger the style. lacy edge. Lacy, crispy, whatever. He laid cheese on it and then did a double patty on a toasted brioche bun. Yeah. And I said to my husband, yes. don't you ever suggest that we go get burgers anywhere again <laughs> because these are the burgers that I want. That I want every this time. This is the burger that I want. I'm the only thing I maybe wanted on it was bacon because we didn't have any bacon on it. And then we did really good cold Clausen pickles. Yep. Sliced. Sliced. And right on Ugh. there. And lettuce. And I do mayo because I love mayo love on burgers. Love a mayo on a burger. And mayo and mustard is what I go for. And it was just oh, phenomenal. Oh my God. It was phenomenal. It was like a full out game changer. And I realized, okay, Burgers at home are great. You just can't grill them. Every time I have a burger that has been made on a grill, it's a tough hockey puck mm-hmm. and it's dry as dust because all, all the juice the is going right into the coals. Goes away. Yep. It melts out of your burger and disappears. Done. That's the thing. And a lot of people are doing this thing where they're like, you know, they're adding butter into the burger so that if you blend the butter in, you know, that that it kind of holds it a little bit more. And I think... You're, it's still gonna, it's Use still gonna melt out. some fat too. Yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, the idea of doing the hard sear, there was a discussion of like, if you do like a, a really like flamed hard sear, you're still not gonna get, it's still not gonna, by the way, when you sear something, it does not trap in juices. I no. mean, like, that's, that's that, that's a misnomer. Yeah. yeah. 
So I think that's true. I think the other thing is like um, uh, people tend to they make them thick and then they puff up. You know, and then what's worse is when they're starting to puff up, that's when they hit them with you the smash spatula. Them down, then juice goes out. And you're losing all of your good stuff that yes. way, too. So these are the tips that you need to know is like, don't, first of all, don't grill. I mean, like, honestly, if you can put a pan on your grill, the cast iron pan on your grill, Great. that's what I do. Yeah. Because I can't, my house is too, I don't have good ventilation, yeah. so I can't use the griddle in the summertime because it just gets too hot and stinky in there. I start the, I... I had um, fire alarms going every single time yeah. we tried to do this in cast iron in the house. Yeah, me so too. this flat top outside yeah. has been a full I game love changer. This. And if you have a flat, you can have a. You can also buy grill top flat tops. Yes, you know, so that you can. It's like a portable thing that you just sit, stick on your grill. Totally. But think about that. You could do bacon out there, so you yes. don't have to stink the house up with that. Mm-hmm. My know. sister's been doing bacon on her grill. Every day. Yeah. She did have a sad situation where she was halfway through a batch and then she ran out of propane and then she was like, shoot, dude. But she remedied. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but the flat top idea, mm-hmm. it's like, we love the idea of cooking outside, but not everything should just sit over those grill grates. I mean, right. there are a lot of things that it's better if you're cooking on a surface but you can still use the outside method for, yeah. you know, to get all those benefits. Right. But these burgers were a full out, Life changer. And Jay even said, he was like, I think I overcooked them a little bit. And you, they're very forgiving. Yeah. Unlike a burger that you is like on the grill, if you overcook it, it gets even drier. Yeah. These are really forgiving. Well, and because of the mushrooms in there, mm-hmm. it's going to always be moist. Like mm-hmm. you're never going to get that dry crumbly thing. You're going to get that nice kind of springiness to it. Yes. But it's going to still be meaty. You know what I mean? In I'm that way. Have him. He needs to make it today. I'm going to come over yes. and have those, yes. basically. If we called him, he would make them for <sighs> us on our way out. <laughs> he was be We're going to schedule. You're coming next week. So we're going to have to maybe schedule for the week for like this after the show next week. After I'm gonna the show, come we can do then, a burger lunch at the house. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to have, and I'll give, you know, I'll give the kids a ride in the Jeep and we'll do, we'll make a whole afternoon of that it. That sounds good. like so much fun. I did um, that Bon Appetit video. Yeah. It's a really easy, quick video. That's what Jay found on Instagram and then got obsessed and yeah. then made these and um, I will have that posted for you too. That's a really great idea. Also, um, and if, you, if you're also considering like what kind of beef to buy, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know what blends and all the kind of things. I cannot say enough again about Lowry Hill Meats, where is Eric say there is a chef, you know, who runs a butcher shop. Basically, their burger there is outstanding because they use a lot of the cuts from the things that they are whole cutting. But not only will he tell you about like what kind of blends, but they could also custom blend something for, for sure. You, so they, you know? they could put all sorts of different chocolate, brisket, sirloin, you know, all those kind of things that the chefs like to do in terms of different things. And then you can add your own mushrooms in there if you want mm-hmm. or all that kind of stuff. So like, don't be afraid to talk to your to the local butcheries about like what kind of, you know, what would and they can grind things on the spot. So and then it's super fresh and ready to go. Oh God, yeah, that's the best part. And then just smash those bad boys. Smash them. I think smashing is the key. And then again, like you know, and so also and double patty. for me, double patted, and also putting the cheese on, you know, kind of like at the last second and yeah. just getting a good melt on it. Yep. And I don't care if it's toasted bun or not. I really don't care. Jay doesn't care about toasted bun either. I very much care. Do you very much? Care? I mean that I want the bun buttered and toasted. And Jay was like, what a waste of effort. And so he, like, he does not care about no. that. I just wanted to be able to hold the juices as they're squishing, as I'm squishing down. But I wanted to be able thing. to. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, I to each their own. I'm telling you, this is going to change your burger game. Yeah. 
I like it. All right, you guys, this is good. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to be in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071. If you want to ask us any questions, any tips and tricks, gardening, cooking, all the kind of good stuff, we're going to we're gonna be here for you to answer those questions. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, guys. So go ahead and give us a call, 651-641-1071. And we are also available on the Twitters or if you want to send us an email, um, all those kind of good things. Uh, we are going to talk. I just want to let you know, we are going to talk a little later in the show about bootlegs because we did have a friend. I was on Lori and Julia last night with Lori and she had never heard of a bootleg. Didn't know the whole thing. I know. And I'm like, oftentimes when I go on that show, I say things and they're like, what's that? What's that? And I can't understand how they don't know. I mean, where have you been living? I don't understand. Well, it's fun because we talked about bootlegs yesterday because Stephanie is um, featured on our next podcast episode. So you'll be able to hear that um, next week. So that's really exciting. We were talking about summer drinks and the podcast is Best to the Nest with me and Marjorie Punnett. I just gave you a shameless plug. I loved it. So sorry. Do it up. (laughs) Do do it up. That was just pure self-promotion. I think that's so good. You can find our podcast on mytalk1071.com and then um, podcast one, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to it. And you did such a great job. Oh, well, it was fun. And I can't wait for you all to hear that I love all the chat of that kind of good stuff. All right, we have a question that came in over email about barbecue smokers. Maybe you have some information about this. Ooh, okay. It says, hey, girls, question I have a neighbor who loves barbecuing, which I love since it smells so good. However, he now uh, got a smoker. Uh Uh-oh. 8 to 12. Oh, wait. Maybe this is 8 to 12 hours of smelling burning wood is too much. By the way, he lives in the condo right under me. Oh. Oh, so it's a little patio situation, I think. I know smokers are becoming very popular, so do you think I should just suck it up or say something? I can't open my windows or sit on my patio the days he smokes, one to two times a week, and no, he hasn't invited me over to eat. He's a great neighbor otherwise. Thanks for the good times. Okay, this is Ro. Ro, I I kind of think it's fair to say something. I think it's totally fair to yeah, say something. Because you, you, it's we don't a have condo. a lot of summer. I know. And it's a condo. This is a shared space situation. It's a different setup. Like he, if he's going to do the smoker thing, he needs they need to have a rooftop area where yeah. he can put it up there because if that I that would drive me crazy. Yeah, that's, and I you, love the smell of a smoker, but if it's not yours and yeah. I st- even I if we had it at our house, like my parents, my dad likes to smoke things. Yeah. But they have it they have the smoker on a lower patio away from even their main deck yeah. because you want to smell it, but yeah. you don't want it to like overcome everything right. and get all into your house. Yeah, it, it it does. And that is the thing. If he's in the condo below you, this is a totally, that smoke is only rising. I think that was point. a really nice email. That and was she very seems sweet. like a super sweet person for asking it that way. Yeah. But I think she's justified in saying something like, is there a way that we could figure out that the smoker could go on a rooftop space yep. where it wouldn't be right, like coming into my window? Well, and plus because it and is, can I eat some of the stuff? It's and then yeah, and then also, and I think maybe that's it. It sounds like maybe she also wants to get invited for some dinner, but uh, it says eight to twelve hours. You know, that's the kind of thing where you can let that, you can leave that on your rooftop if he's worried about it getting stolen or something. That might be something, but. You know, but a condo, that's kind of the way it goes, I guys. Know. I mean, there are positives about condos. You don't yeah. have to mow the lawn. The right. negatives are you don't have a lawn. It's also, yeah, it's not just your space. Yes. That's kind of a big thing. Yes, I think she's fair. I think that's totally fair. And also, I think you, I think people have the ability to sort of say, um, I mean, be forward. Like, Minnesotans tend to sit back and then get very pissed and don't do, and don't say things. Just 
be forward and say something about it. I yes. Think. Yes. Uh, someone, a caller asked us where to buy rye hot dog buns. Wow. Right. That's a good question. That's also a delicious idea. That's a really great idea. I don't know. Other than I would say I would check like Bakersfield. You know, I think that they're doing more buns now. I see them at my co-op all the time. Their buns are ridiculously good. So good. Uh, Bakersfield has, they have these, um, they're, are they're butternut squash rolls. Oh, yeah. That I have been buying and um, I buy them and then freeze them. And then when I make like a pulled pork, mm-hmm. I serve the pulled pork on the butternut squash buns. And they're kind of like these small little rolls. Yeah. And they're heavenly. And they're um, and then they do like their buns because they do that, you know, for extended fermentation deal. Yeah. I mean, they kind of taste sourdoughy. Yes. Which is great. Love that. I don't know about rye, rye buns, though. I know. That's a new one for me, too. The only place I can think like like I go to Cecil's Deli to get the best caraway rye bread that you can get. Yeah. And then but no one wants a hot dog on bread. That's just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> well, that's, when you're a kid, that's that like, is, this is all we have. This is all we have. That's actually what that dish should be called. This, this is, is all, all we, we have. have. This is a bread wrapped around your sad bun. You could, um, it looks like you could bake them yourself. Yeah. Rye split top hot dog buns. And you just use rye flour and you could make them. But I know that's probably not as easy as just buying I, them. How do you? I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to bake hot dog buns. Uh, I mean, I hate to tell you that you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> 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 but it looks like you can. Um, uh, okay, wait a minute. Well, here's ba- Main Street Bakery is in. Isn't that in Hopkins? I think so. Uh, They're big on the Main Street there in Hopkins. Edina. Yep. It's at. 6947 Washington Avenue South in Edina, and they have rye hot dog buns. That's the other thing is to check with some of those smaller bakeries, yeah. probably, because mm-hmm. they might even, if they got customers calling for them, they might even just make them because yeah. if they're already making rye bread. Right. Oh, they have hoagie buns, too. Yes. And like all that kind of good stuff. Good he, buns are the key to success. Well, I believe that completely. And, and the bun to hot dog ratio. Guys, it cannot be overstated enough that the bun should not overwhelm the hot dog. Uh, yeah. The hot no. dog should overwhelm the bun. How many times do you have to pull off like chunks of bun and of throw it. them away because it's just like. That's why you have chickens in the backyard. I you know. Yeah. Or dogs. So. Yes. You got it. But like, <laughs> I can't stand that. I know. It is weird. And I always think I yeah, I want as small of a bun as possible. It's basically supposed to fit your hand size so that you have just something so your hand's not burning on sausage. It's exactly it. Yeah. It's just the vehicle. Totally it's vehicle. not meant to be the star. It's meant no. to be a supporting cast. And I also think like when it gets too bready, like when it gets like too thick, you know, like the thicker ones, not only just long, but like the thicker buns to me, like then you have to jam it so hard. Like you can't even bite it with like <laughs> with with ingredients and stuff. And then you don't get the toppings. No, you really don't. Sauerkraut is key. OK, we have Sally on the line. Hey, Sally, what's going on? Hi, first of all, I have a signed copy of The Joy of Cooking. Whoa, well done. Isn't that? My mother gave it to me as a Christmas present um, before she died because we are from Cincinnati. So that's where they live. Where the Rombauers live, yeah. Right. Well done. That's not my question. My question (laughs) is I have a huge slab of pork ribs and I don't have a smoker. So how do I do it on a grill? Okay, so I wouldn't do it on the grill right away. So my dad makes ribs that I think are like the greatest ribs known to man. So he does a dry rub on them and then he puts them in a 9 by 13 pan 
and covers it with foil and bakes them at like 275. Does he put a little liquid in there too? A little bit of water. Yep. Yep. Just a tiny bit of water in the bottom. And then, um, but you could do beer. Yep. You could do, we do beer. whatever you have. And then bakes them at like 275 for probably five or six hours. Very, very low oven. So you could do that. Like if your grill can set a temperature, you could do it on that. But mm-hmm. I mean, a 275 oven isn't really going to heat up your house. And then take okay. them off and yeah. then just pop them on the grill quick. Pop them on the grill for a last bit of char. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Well, if you grill those bad boys from start to finish, they're going to be tough as nails. Yeah, don't grill them all the way because that's too hard. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering. I do do them in the oven, and I, I just love to smell the house in the winter all day. Yay, thanks, Yay. Sally. Thanks, Sally. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.